I just ran a plan for a client illustrating the value of Roth conversions. It would have saved them $350,000 in lifetime taxes by doing three to maybe four years of Roth conversions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Functional Retirement Podcast. I'm your host, Thatcher Taylor. I appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you so much for all the support. And one way that we receive support is by listener questions. So today's podcast, the whole thing was generated from a listener question. Now, a couple of things. If you're watching this, forgive me. I'm sitting down today. I know you hear me talk a lot about fitness, but I'm sitting down for this because I got a little heel problem. My heel's hurting a little bit. It's an old nagging injury, flared up. I went a little too hard, so I'm sitting down. So if you're sitting down, happy sitting down day. I appreciate it. As usual, these come out on Friday. Link below if you want to sign up for the newsletter. A lot of this information will be in a future newsletter as well. So the question is, hey, Thatcher, if I'm 60 and I have a Roth IRA where I made a contribution 10 years ago, and now I do yearly conversions going forward, do each of those conversions still require a five-year waiting period? Dun, dun, dun. So there needs to be a lot of context brought to the table on this. Today's episode is going to be a little more technical, but I think it's going to be very valuable because one thing I love in the right situation are Roth conversions. Now, let's first take a step back and talk about what a Roth conversion is is. In the IRS and retirement planning world, there are essentially two IRA account types that are most widely used. There's probably four that are most popular. I guess there are four in general, but there are two that are most widely used. There's the regular pre-tax IRA, and then there's a Roth IRA. Now, there's also a SEP IRA and a simple IRA, but those are employee type or employer type plans. They have to be affiliated with some sort of business. So we're just going to focus on the IRA and the Roth IRA. Now, you can get money into a Roth IRA or an IRA by way of contribution. If you have earned income, you can add dollars into each one of those or all in one or all in the other into those accounts types. If you go into the pre-tax, you get a deduction. So let's say you put $6,500 into an IRA this year and you meet the income limitations. You get a deduction. Let's say you make $100,000 a year, married filing jointly, you add $6,500. You now only have to pay taxes on $93,500. Whereas a Roth, if you contribute $6,500 to a Roth, you have to, in the same scenario, pay taxes on $100,000. So that's the main difference. In both the accounts, once the money's in there, it grows tax deferred. So you invest $6,500 after it gets into the account in the S&P 500 index, and over time, it grows to $20,000. That growth from 6,500 to 20 is deferred. You do not have to pay taxes on any given year because in most cases, that's going to take multiple years to get hate to break the bad news, unless you make some amazing investment 
which most likely won't happen. You'll just use a traditional investment like the majority of people. That is all tax deferred. Now, here's the kicker. In the pre-tax IRA, where you took the tax deduction years and years and years ago with the original $6,500, that $6,500 and the growth is now completely taxable upon distribution. Whereas the Roth, you did not get the tax deduction up front. The tax deferral grows and grows and grows. In the future, as long as you don't break the rules and you withdraw the money, all of that money, including your contribution and the earnings, is tax-free. So the big kicker about distributing those funds is if you distribute those funds early, either your earnings or your contributions or both, depending on the account type, could be subject to a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Now, I told you this episode was about Roth conversions. The main way to get money into a Roth is a contribution like we just just discussed. The next way is like a rollover or a transfer from a different account type, but that's not exactly what we're going to dive into. We're talking about taking money from the pre-tax IRA, including the deductible amount from the very beginning and the earnings. You could take all or a portion out of the IRA and convert it to your Roth IRA and pay the taxes and avoid the 10% penalty because you made an early withdrawal. This all seems great in the right situation, and it is. One reason that you do this is because if you make too much money, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA anymore. Another reason you may do this is because you want to get more into a Roth than what the annual amount allows, which the limit is $6,500. And in doing this over years and years and years, you develop in the Roth IRA a completely tax-free bucket as long as you don't break the rules. Now, what are the rules? This is essentially the genesis of this whole podcast and what that individual is asking. So let's revisit their question. If I'm 60 and I have a Roth IRA where I made a contribution 10 years ago, remember that part, and I made a contribution 10 years ago, and now I do yearly conversions going forward. Do each of those conversions still require a five-year waiting period? So now that we understand the account types and their tax ramifications and getting money in there by way of contributions or conversions, we need to understand the five-year rules for Roth IRAs. So take your pre-tax IRAs and put it aside for now. Let's just table that, set it aside, focus on the Roth. The value in the Roth IRA, if you don't break the rules, is your earnings and your contributions come out completely tax-free. The specific rules that we're referring to, or that the IRS is referring to, I'm just explaining it. The specific rules are the two five-year rules. So for example, the question asked where I made a contribution 10 years ago, the first five-year rule has to do with contributions. You need to have your Roth IRA open from the initial contribution for at least five years to be able to take advantage of all of the tax-free benefits. So contribution five-year rule. But once you start that clock, it's only one clock for contributions, money that you earned, earned income, you make money, you pay the tax on it, and you contribute to a Roth IRA within those annual limits of income and the annual total amount that can go in. 
Once you start that clock, you're good to go. You can withdraw funds. And that's why he mentioned 10 years ago, he's outside of that first five-year rule for contributions. The second five-year rule is conversion five-year rule. Every conversion requires a five-year holding period before you can take advantage of the tax-free benefit. Let me repeat that. Each conversion, because you can do a conversion every single year from your pre-tax over to your Roth, each conversion has its own five-year rule. So when you're planning to distribute funds out of Roth IRAs, you need to wait five years before those earnings are penalty-free. So the distinction between the two is, let's say you made a contribution to your Roth IRA five years ago, and you're over the age of 59 and a half, you can distribute those funds and the earnings completely tax-free. Now, I mentioned 59 and a half. Let's pause right there. 59 and a half is a very important date because that's an exception to the 10% penalty. That's a huge deadline where you can withdraw funds from Roth IRAs as long as you waited five years. The earnings and the original contribution can come out tax and penalty free after age 59 and a half. Now, going back to the Roth conversion, way back in the day when they first enacted the Roth conversion, this would be a way for a person under the age of 59 and a half to circumvent that 10% penalty. Because here's what happens. Let's say you have $100,000 in a pre-tax IRA and you're 58 and you want to access those funds or you're 50 and you want to access those funds or you're 40 and you want to access those funds, whatever. You can convert the $100,000 from your pre-tax IRA to the Roth, put $100,000 on your tax return and pay the taxes. Now the money's in the Roth. To do a conversion, there's never a penalty. You can convert money pretty much at any time. And there won't be a penalty before 59 and a half, after 59 and a half, there's no penalty. So in the beginning, what people would do is they would take the money out of the pre-tax IRA, convert it to the Roth, and then subsequently withdraw it from the Roth. Interesting. Because there's no conversion or there's no penalty on conversions, they would be able to access their funds in the Roth IRA tax-free right away. Well, a long time ago, when this was available, Congress and the IRS was like, no, 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 no. We're shutting down that loophole. So let's say you make a conversion at age 53, and a few years later, you want to withdraw. Let's say two years later at 55, you want to withdraw that money from the Roth IRA. That $100,000 that you would have converted and paid taxes on at age 53, at age 55, that $100,000 or the converted amount would be subject to a penalty. In addition, if you withdrew all the funds, the earnings would be penalized as well. So Congress fixed that. So now we have this five-year rule that says if the converted funds are not held for at least five years or until age 59 and a half, 
any withdrawal before that time would be subject to the 10% penalty the account owner would have paid if they would have withdrawn from the traditional IRA. So let's go back to our question one more time. I made contribution 10 years ago, and now I do yearly conversions going forward. They're age 60. Do each of these conversions require a five-year waiting period? The initial answer that you would say is yes, they do each conversion that happened every single year. If you did it over 10 years, there'd be a stair-step approach of five-year conversion dates before you could access the funds. But since this individual is over the age of 59 and a half, the five-year rule essentially becomes null and void because you can distribute earnings and the original contributions from Roth IRAs completely tax and penalty-free after age 59 and a half. So that's a big one. Since that person's exceeded age 59 and a half, the 10% penalty is actually gone away. So the IRS is less stringent on you and your penalty on converted dollars. So then the question becomes, where does this all matter? Why, why are we even doing all this? Why are we doing these Roth conversions? Why is Tony from the listener, Tony, caring so much about doing Roth conversions? And here's the big reason why. Predominantly because of future required minimum distributions. Those pre-tax dollars where you get the tax deduction out, which may make sense, can sometimes scare people if they're going to be in a higher tax bracket in their 70s or later because the IRS is going to require you right in the middle, right in the heat of retirement, to distribute funds from your pre-tax accounts, IRAs and 401ks, and pay the taxes on them now. But what's funny is, depending on how old your pre-tax IRA dollars are, you could have substantial amounts of tax-deferred growth, which could create substantial taxable events later on through retirement. So what people do is they fall in lower tax brackets now maybe years before RMD age, late 50s, early 60s, maybe retire early, you start distributing money out of your pre-tax accounts, converting them to Roths. And now once in Roths, you're reducing down future taxable events from required minimum distributions. You gain more value of Roth conversions, it would have saved them $350,000 in lifetime taxes by doing three to maybe four years of Roth conversions if they retired early, which is great. That's a gigantic value add, but some additional value adds for Roth IRAs, all money comes out completely tax-free. All deferral is tax-free. A Roth IRA passes to a spouse completely tax-free, and they can also use the money tax-free. This is a big one because if you pass away, the spouse, when they receive the money, are now going to be in individual tax brackets, which could be worse. Required minimum distributions going your tax return is ordinary income. That can increase IRMA surcharges, those are Medicare surcharges, 
and adjust your tax bills, maybe increase your capital gains tax brackets. There's a waterfall effect by increasing taxable events later. The Roth IRA passes from your spouse. If your spouse passed away and there's still a balance in the Roth, it passes to heirs completely tax-free. The heirs can distribute the funds tax-free. There's just huge amounts of benefits that come from the Roth IRA. So the question becomes, should I be doing this? Should you be doing Roth conversions? The answer lies in what you perceive your future tax brackets will be. So let's say if you're in the 22% tax bracket now and you're getting a deferral, a 22% tax bracket later is going to be very similar. But let's say tax brackets change. You're in a 22% tax bracket now, but in retirement, you're going to be in a 24% tax bracket. Immediately, if you have larger tax deferred dollars, you taking the tax deduction now is going to grow a tax deferred bucket that when you're in a higher tax bracket, you're going to be distributing assets in a higher tax bracket. 24 cents on the dollar versus 22 cents. It's very important, important, excuse me, to evaluate whether this conversion strategy makes sense. It's not a ton of work. The process and procedures aren't too crazy. You just have to reach out to your custodian and find out how they do it. Or you want to maybe do a Roth conversion out of your 401k, which you can. You just need to understand the strategy before you start trying to implement. You need to figure out if it makes sense, and it all relies on future versus current taxation. This is a great question from the listener. I want to encourage all of you to send in any questions or concerns, and please, please leave a review. A review really helps us grow, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on, well, not as good on YouTube, but. Any one of those outlets really allow you to leave a good review that really helps the channel grow and really helps me to get a better search results when people start looking at retirement up in Apple or Google or Amazon or Spotify. So that would be much appreciated. If you want to learn more, you can click any of the links below. If you want to meet with me personally to address any of this, that is a great way to do it. Just click below and start the process. If you want to submit any questions, my email will also be below that you can reach out to me directly with any additional questions or topics you'd like me to discuss in the future. That's all for today's podcast. It was a little more technical, but I appreciate you listening. This is a very valuable tool that I use regularly in my services. Thank you for listening. Thanks for stopping by.